Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Are you ready for the word? I'm excited to be back. I was off island for a while. Anyway, uh, before we get to the word, I just want to second for those of uh, you visiting us for the very first time, we'd like to welcome you. And in behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry, welcome to Life in the Sun. I believe they are currently in Australia. Australia. That's where they're at right now. Anyway, as you can see, we're going to begin a new series today, and this is going to take us about nine weeks, okay? And in this series, we're going to look at one particular apostle, Apostle Peter, and we're going to look at some of his qualities that he had developed as he followed Jesus. Now, uh, perhaps you can remember, Peter was the one that stepped out of the the boat and walked on water, but it was also Peter that uh, shy away from a young servant girl and denied Jesus. So as uh, this nine-week series happened, we're going to be touching on some of the qualities that he developed. Amen? So for week one, let's just go ahead and uh, start. How many of us has ever desired to run a marathon? (laughs) For some of us here, they have done that already. For some of us, we desire, we have this uh, inkling to run a marathon. How about uh, just a half marathon? 20K? 10K? 5K? Yeah, 5K. How about just okay? (laughs) I think that's the easiest one. (laughs) Just uh, okay. Zero K. (laughs) It's okay. Anybody who ever desired to run a marathon, I think no person in their right mind will just decide one day and say, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon next week. I think that is a no-brainer. Anybody would, uh, I don't think any person uh, who's smart enough would do that. It would require what? At least some sort of physical training. You got to have a proper diet, correct? A proper rest, very important. Uh, right equipment so for, for your uh, for footwear, right? You would require all of that, especially physical training. It's the same when it comes to our spiritual lives. We cannot just grow and mature overnight. It just doesn't happen that way. We cannot just have a spiritual maturity and fruitfulness in one week. It also requires for us some spiritual training, or what we call spiritual discipline. And that's what we're going to look at today, the quality that Peter developed when it comes to spiritual discipline. So what are spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are the practices and the exercise. As a believer, this is what we engage in. Uh, and, And we engage in so that we can develop an attitude and an overall character. Some of the example perhaps you're familiar with is what? Reading your Bible or studying the Word, meditating on the Bible. Prayer is second to none, right? Uh, Pasting, that probably not, uh, uh, that's not, uh, what do you call this? It's not a popular practice. It's not a popular discipline. Giving, praise and worship, these are spiritual discipline. It allows us to develop an attitude and an overall character that looks more like Christ. Amen? So now, we're not going to preach on all of that, but we're just going to preach on one. We're going to preach on the discipline of all discipline. 
What is that? It's the devotion to the Word of God. So this is what we're going to talk about this to, uh, today. So why is it important? Why is it important for a believer to have a devotion to the Word of God? Including all, uh, I'm not uh, disregarding all the other spiritual disciplines, but it's just that because the devotion to the Word of God is really what will unlock all the other spiritual disciplines. It will allow you, if you're engaged in devotions to the Word of God, this is what will unlock, it will allow you to understand, it will allow you to apply all the other spiritual discipline. How does that work? For example, I mentioned prayer. How do you know how to pray, when to pray, who to pray to, unless you read in the Bible where it says, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open. Correct? And then there's a verse in James where it says that, that the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That in itself is powerful. But how do you know who's the righteous man? Is our righteousness based on our own doing? Or is it based upon the work of Christ that was imputed upon us? So all of that you can unlock through the devotion to the Word of God. Amen? So are you ready? Let's begin in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to look at the early church. I only took uh, one verse. In the early church, the early church was really a mega church. The first day, there were already 3,000 believers. So like, that's a church. I mean, this is a church. But the early church, that was really a big church. 3,000 in one day, and it says that daily, the Lord added to their number. And what were they doing? It says that, so the early church, it says that, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread in prayers. Of course, it, that wasn't just their activity. They also sold all their possession, and they would give it to the apostles, and the apostles would distribute it among all the church members who were in needs. And they would do this daily. It says daily. Not every Sunday, but daily. Okay? That's what it says in the Bible. Daily they would do that. So what, were, what was so important about the apostles' doctrine? The apostles' doctrine in other translation is really the apostles' teaching. And this is really their primary access to the Word of God. They didn't have the Bible then. They had the Old Testament. But the very, the very uh, uh, book that we're reading was happening in the times of the early church. So they didn't have the New Testament. All the access they had to the Word of God was through the apostle and whatever the apostle were teaching. And it's even a challenge for some of the believers because not all of them were educated. And where do you find the Bible or where do you find the Old Testament? In the temple. So can you imagine that Peter was saying that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. The believers had this quality that they would always want to hear the word of God or the word from the apostles. And, that's the, and their access was limited. Compared to us today, how many Bibles do you have? Depending on how many tablets you have. You have it on your phone, you have it in your tablet, you have it in your PC, you have it on your laptop. Then you have it on, on uh, the original paper, paper bound, correct? I still use a paper bound Bible. I still find it... Uh, 
but I, st I also have it on my phone and I also have it in my tablet. See, the, the accessibility of the Bible today is so, it, it's so much easier than it was back then. So let's continue. So how important was it for Peter and to the apostles that they should devote their time to the Word of God? So as the church grew, in a few days, 5,000 were added. And then the Bible says that daily, there were not, uh, there, uh, it was, uh, what do they call this? People were being added to them. So as the church grew, the demands also grew. The needs for the church also grew. So what did Peter say? Uh, next verse, please. Uh, there you go. So then the 12, the 12 disciples, remember? The 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. That's how important it was for Peter regarding the word of God. He said the demands for them grew. The needs of the church grew. But instead, he said, we should not leave the word of God. And then in verse 4, it says, but we will give ourselves continually to the prayer and to the ministry of the word. Amen. And I want to make my first point here. Church, just like the early church, you and I have demands in our life. If you're married, you have your spouse, and yes, it's true, they, they, they make demands from you also. If you're a parent, you got your kids. You got your in-laws that also make demands on you, correct? You got school, finances, if you're paying a mortgage, if you're paying a loan, all of those, if you're paying school, all of those are demands on you. All of those are needs that you need to take care of, correct? Here's the point number one. When all the demands and need of your life happen, one thing that you should never do, just like the apostle, is that don't abandon the word of God. Amen? Peter thought it was so important not to abandon the word of God. He took care of the secondary need, but he made sure that the priority of what to do first is to stay in the word of God. They got all the apostles together and say, that we, they steadily or they continually, can you bring that, that verse please? To verse 4, it says, We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. <clears throat> Peter believed that this was so important that when he wrote uh, his letter to the suffering uh, believers, in second in first peter go ahead and show that please this is what he had to say as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby this was written to a believer to believers who were being persecuted for their faith and instead of running away peter said as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word milk babies those of you who are, who, uh, well, all of us were babies at one time, correct? <laughs> milk is what? Milk is the essential nourishment for infants, correct? If you deprive a baby of milk, <clears throat> what can happen? They can grow unhealthy. They can grow malnourished. And if you give, if, if it's a total deprivation, what will happen? It can be fatal 
and it can even cause what? Death. And it's, so it is with us when it comes to spiritual matters. The Word of God, just like Peter said, is our fundamental source of nourishment. That's why when the demands of life and the needs of life comes at you, it presses down on you, one thing that you should never do is abandon the Word of God. Amen? Because once you abandon the Word of God, what you're abandoning is nourishment. And just like an infant, if you remove milk from an infant, the results can be very fatal. You know, I've been part of the church for a while time now, and I've, I've seen people leave. When I say leave, meaning they leave the faith. And it's not really, it's just like uh, growth doesn't happen overnight. Those instances doesn't happen overnight also. It's not that they abandon faith overnight, but the first thing that I believe they abandon is they abandon the word. When they stop reading their Bible, when they, when they stop attending live group that, uh, where you can hear the word of God, it's abandoning nourishment. So just like how a baby would be deprived of milk, a believer that doesn't get nourishment will eventually just fade away. Well, the opposite is if you continually take nourishment, what will happen to you? You will grow. Have you seen my sister? Where's Marianne? Most of, uh, <laughs> this is funny. Most of you know who my sister is, right? Uh, Marianne, our secretary. If you see us, this is our height difference. She's this small, I'm this big. And they've always wondered, how did Armin become so tall? And I've always said, because when I was, when I was in ele elementary school, I would always drink milk. True. And she doesn't like to drink milk. So that's always been, that's how I've always explained it. I would always take the milk. I mean, when, uh, uh, do they still serve, uh, serve milk in the cafeteria today? They do? You know, they come in those small cartons. Most kids don't like drinking that. So when I go to the cafeteria, I would grab as much as I can, and I would just drink it. So that's how I grew up to be this side, and my sister is this small. Amen? See? That's the physical, uh, <laughs> that's the physical result of milk. Can you imagine also in a spiritual life? When you abandon the main nourishment for your spiritual life, what will happen to you? You will start crashing. Amen? So that's point number one. Now, point number two. Scripture tells us that the Word of God is living and active. It is alive. And then it also tells us that it is useful or all Scripture is God-breathed. It, it comes directly from the, from, the breath of God, uh, from the breath of God. It's useful for what? Correcting, for uh, teaching, for rebuking, and for training in righteousness. We, uh, we've uh, come across these verses. Even Jesus himself used the very words from his father in the times of his testing. When Jesus was uh, brought, or he was led by the Holy Spirit to the desert to be tested for 40 days, what did he use to fight off the enemy? The word of God. When the enemy, after passing for 40 days, no food, no water. Uh, did it say no water? It says no food, right? He didn't eat. Then the devil came up to him and said, if you are the son of God. Uh, I don't think we, uh, let's just say that's the devil. I, I, can't, I don't know how the devil sounds like. Okay. <laughs> so if you are the son of God, the devil told Jesus, turn this stone into bread. And what did Jesus say? 
Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out from the mouth of God. Jesus himself knew the word, and he should know the word, okay? But the point is, he used the very word to, to fight off the enemy. And then what was the second occasion? It says, do not test the Lord your God. And then the last one, it says, serve the Lord only. So Jesus himself was using the word. There's another instance in the Bible which was so interesting. Uh, uh, it's found in uh, the story of uh, Luke chapter 24. Don't show it yet. Uh, I'll give you a setting for it. This is after his resurrection. After Jesus was resurrected, the disciples were all together in Jerusalem, and they were really talking about, they were sad that they were, they were really hoping that Jesus was the redeemer of Israel, but then he died then when he resurrected, they couldn't find him, so they thought somebody had stolen him. But there was two disciples that were walking back to Emmaus, the, uh, uh, chapter 24 of Luke. It's called the road to Emmaus. So these two disciples were talking, and they're saying they were really, uh, I think they were really disappointed. But what Jesus did is he appeared right next to them, but he veiled their eyes, so they couldn't really see that it was Jesus. So he joined the conversation and said, what's going on, guys? What are you talking about? And of course, the disciples said, have you not heard? Are you new in Israel that you didn't hear about this Jesus of Nazareth? That we were really hoping that he is the redeemer of Israel? And then, of course, the conversation goes on. And then, he, in fact, he had to correct them. You who are slow of heart to believe that everything that happened had to happen. And then Jesus did this. Go ahead and show that verse, 24, verse 27. This is Jesus, Okay. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In the desert, Jesus used the very word to fight the enemy. In this particular story, Jesus used the very word of God to say to expound. To expound is to explain systematically in detail this is the things concerning himself. It's like Jesus used the Bible to show his disciples himself in the Bible. That's what Jesus did. How does that look like? It says, beginning at Moses. What's Moses? Moses is really the first five books of your, of your Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the book of Moses. It's also called the book of the law. So that's what Jesus did. He took the two disciples, and they walked for seven miles, and they did... Uh, Man, that, talk about a life group uh, Bible study. For seven miles as they were walking, Jesus were, was expounding one by one who he is in the Bible or who he is in Genesis. You want, you want to hear how that sounds like? It should have, uh, I'm not really sure how it sounds like, but I can imagine this is how it sounds like. He would probably begin in the store of the garden. In the garden, um, makes you wonder if Jesus really sounds like that. In the garden, there was two trees. The first three was... The, the tree of life, and that was me. If Adam would have eaten of that fruit, he would have lived forever already. He would have been eternal. In the story of Noah, the ark was me. Because the ark, everything that was in the ark was shielded from the judgment of God. In the New Testament, it says that he who has life or he who has Christ has passed on from judgment into life. So Jesus would have told the two disciples, the ark in the days of Noah, that was me. In the days of Abraham, 
when they walked the covenant, when God, when my father made the covenant with Abraham, the two objects that passed each other, the second one was me. Can you imagine Jesus telling the disciples, how? Because in the future, I will make another covenant, and I, again, will represent man in that covenant. Imagine that. That's what they were doing for seven miles when my father asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, and he said, take your son, your only son, the son whom you love, and sacrifice him. My father was pointing to me that in the future, he would also take his son, his only son, the son he loved, but this time my father will not withhold his hand. Amen? So that's what Jesus was doing to these disciples. He was showing them one by one every picture, every foretelling of who he is in the scripture. Why is that very important? Go ahead, next verse, please. It's important to know that when we're searching the Word of God and when we're looking at the Word of God, we need to search for Jesus because this is what it says in John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We've always say, I want to grow more and I, I want to I grow in my relationship with Jesus. I want to grow in my relationship with God. This is how you grow in your relationship with God. The more you see Jesus, the more you see the Father, the more you would begin to grow. Faith comes through hearing, hearing the words of Christ. Trans other translations are hearing the word of God, hearing the word about Christ. You want to grow in the spirit? You want to have a spiritual growth? When you search the scripture, search for Jesus. Amen? Once you get to know him, once you see him in the scripture, and that's just Genesis. How many did I say in Genesis? Four? There's more. Joseph was a picture of, uh, Joseph was a picture of um, Jesus. Exodus, I mean, my goodness, you got the Passover. You got the Ark of the Covenant. You got all the furnitures in the, in the tabernacle. All of that is pointing to Jesus. Amen. So when you find yourself searching, opening your Bible, and putting that devotion in the Word of God, church, here's my encouragement. Search for Jesus. Amen? Now, I, I say that, but, but sometimes that's not reality. Sometimes it's difficult to read the Bible. Would you agree? Sometimes when we read the Bible, this is what we see. Can you go ahead and put the next slide? See, when we read the Bible, for some of us, this is what we see. Let me read it for you. This says, Life in the Sun, Christian Fellowship, Guam. It says, uh, We exist to honor God and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. We are committed to church planting, uh, campus. You guys can't read it? Oh, come on. It's so clear. It even says that uh, we are a multi-generational, multicultural church with a heart to passionately love. On the third line, it says that. With a heart to passionately love Jesus Christ and to bring the islands of Micronesia into the intimate knowledge of who he is. Who, who scanned it? Nobody scanned it yet? James. What does it say, James? Oh, it's still processing. <laughs> this is what you call a what? A QR code. In order for you to read a QR code, what do you need? A scanner or a reader. Embedded in these dots or embedded in these squares are information. What's the information for this particular one? 
It is our postcard for Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. That's why I just read it to you without a scanner. No, I'm not that good, okay? <laughs> I was just to get, you, uh, to get you interested. But some of us, when we look at the Bible, this is what we, this, it seems like this is what we see. All we see are dots. All we see are this. Amen? <clears throat> well, the thing is, church, spiritually speaking, we already have the app downloaded to us to be able to read this. He's called the Holy Spirit. Amen? Going back to the early church, I began by saying that in the early church, the main source of the Word of God was the apostles' teaching. Now, where did the apostles get their teaching from? It was all the words just Jesus, Jesus had spoken to them when Jesus was still alive. So how were they able to speak it? It was all by memory. Not, by the, not on their own, but because of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that, church? It was because of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and uh, show the next slide. When Jesus, was still in, uh, when Jesus was still on earth, or when he was still alive before he, uh, he was crucified, Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit. Next verse. And this is what Jesus told them. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. You hear that? He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So all the apostles' teaching were all of this. Everything that they ever heard Jesus spoke about while he was still walking the earth was being brought back to remembrance to them. Now, for us, if you do not read your Bible, do not expect the Holy Spirit to bring anything into remembrance, okay? <laughs> it's like making deposits in the bank. When you get paid and you put money in your account and you keep making uh, deposits into your account, when the time comes for a withdrawal, you would have something to withdraw, correct? But if you're getting paid and you're not putting anything in your account, don't go there one day and, want, and you want to withdraw and find out there's really nothing because you never made a deposit. So what does that mean? What I'm saying is, even though when you read the Bible and all you see is a QR code, can you still hear me? And all you see is like a QR code, keep reading it. Just like when you train for a marathon, you do not successfully run a marathon in one week. So sometimes spiritual disciplines are boring. Sometimes they are hard to do. But keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Because when the time comes, the Holy Spirit can bring it back into remembrance. I've been talking for how many minutes already? Like 20 minutes? I still remember what I'm still supposed to uh, say because everything is just coming back to remembrance from me. Because I made a deposit of, really tr of reading, reading, and reading. So in the time comes for me to speak, most of what I'm really saying is later on, if you ask me, I probably forgot what the first thing that I said already. But during the time that I'm speaking, it just, it just comes and it just comes and it comes. So church, when, when it comes to the devotion to the word of God, Sometimes you just need to do it. I'm sorry, there really is no secret formula on how to do it. In fact, when we, put, when we try to put the, uh, a secret formula into it, it messes up people. 
So what do you do? You ask the Holy Spirit for help because Jesus already promised that it is the Holy Spirit that will teach us what this scripture says. It is the Holy Spirit that will bring into remembrance whatever it is that we read. The best person to ask about the book is really the author of the book, correct? The author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. So who better to explain the Bible than the very person that wrote the Bible, which is the Holy Spirit? That's why ask. Go ahead and uh, there you go. Church, John 16, 24. This, this is uh, Jesus talking. says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Church, if you've never tried this, you've never tried to ask the Holy Spirit when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to studying the Bible, when it comes to meditating in the Bible, I urge you and I encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit. It's already been promised to us that he will be the one to teach us this scripture. He will be the one to open the scripture for us. Jesus himself did it to the disciples, which give us the same opportunity and the same ground that if he did it to the disciples, he bailed their eyes and opened the scripture to show himself. We also can see Jesus in the scriptures. Amen? <clears throat> so ask. Is that hard? No, right? Okay, we're quiet. I guess it is. Ask, church. Ask. In closing, let me just close with this. <clears throat> Psalms. Chapter 1, verse 2. And three, so, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> so when, <clears throat> so when we develop this quality of devoting our time, devoting a study time, devoting our meditation time to the word of God, this is what David said can possibly happen, or this is where we, we can uh, become or this is what we can reach <clears throat> in psalms in psalms chapter 1 verse 2 it says uh, it begins by blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of evil okay and then it says but that same man his delight is in the law of the lord the law of the lord is really the word of god the law of the lord was the direct word that came from the father that was given to moses so it really is the word of god it says but his delight is in the law of the lord <clears throat> Somebody playing with the lights? Okay, Lord. <laughs> and in his law, he meditates day and night. So a devotion to the word. What can a man who does that look like? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What does that speak of? That speaks of a well-nourished believer. One who would... A tree that is planted by the rivers of water speaks of one who is healthy, one who is well-nourished. The next one, it says, a man that delights himself in the, in the word of the Lord is one that will bring forth its fruit in its season. What does that speak of? Fruitfulness. We started by saying that, that uh, spiritual fruitfulness does not come overnight. Well, here it is. A man who devotes himself in the word of the Lord, can become very fruitful. Amen? And then third line, it says, whose leaf also shall not wither. 
what does that speak of? That speaks of endurance. That speaks of health. When your leaf, when a tree, uh, usually in fall, all the leaves uh, fall off, right? But a tree whose um, leaves does not wither speaks of a, a believer who can endure hardship, who can endure temptation, who can endure. Uh, Jen was just talking about that earlier, that the, all the things that presses on in our life, a man who has devoted himself to the word of the Lord can st stand and endure all of that. And then lastly, what does it say? And whatever he does shall prosper. That speaks of favor and the blessings of the Lord. Amen? Are you encouraged, church? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, O Lord, that uh, you didn't leave us, Lord, wondering or not without any explanation and not without any teaching that you are not far away from us, but you made yourself so near to us. The Bible even says that the word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. And Father, I thank you, O Lord, that as we uh, continue in this series, as we continue, Lord, Father, thank you. If you're here today and, you're, uh, and you can identify with this, that, Lord, it's just so difficult for me to really get into a habit of reading your word. I want to pray for you. If that's you and you, you find it so difficult to get into the word, just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Just acknowledge that. Father, thank you. Thank you for these that have raised their hand. And Father, I thank you that even to Solomon, you showed yourself and you asked him, what can I give you? What can I give to you? So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for these people, Father, that you will give them the grace, you will give them the discipline, Father, to engage in the word, to be able to take time and just to study your word, to meditate on your word, and just to study it. Father, thank you for this series and thank you, Lord, that you are a God, Father, that cares for the things that we care about. So, Lord, in Jesus' name.